Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at Grace Point Church, we believe in meeting people where they are and leading them to where God wants them to be. Join us now as we listen to this week's message. Earlier this week, I was having lunch with a couple of very dear friends of mine. As we were talking, the whole uh, one of them had mentioned that they had gone to swim at the YWCA in San Francisco. And in, I hadn't thought of this probably for a couple of decades, but the YWCA, and I don't even know if it's there anymore, but that is where I also uh, attempted to learn to swim. Uh, I was very, very young at the time, and me and my brother, and we're only a year apart, so we were roughly the same size, and uh, I was a little taller. Not anymore, but at that time... I was, I was a little taller than he was. And so my brother and I, we, we, our parents brought us there. And so we went to the edge of the pool. And, and my, my dad is, was you know, the kind of guy that, that says, if you want to learn how to swim, just drop him in the middle of the ocean. He'll figure it out. Uh, that was my dad. So, so they said, well, you go up to the diving board and you jump into the water. And my mom was there. And we would jump to her. And she'd, she'd uh, let us swim a little bit and catch us. That was what we were told. And so I, 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 we went up there, and we were on the diving board. And, and the diving board just a regular diving board. It wasn't high or anything. It was a normal diving board that you would find at any public pool. And so we're there, and I don't want to go because I'm terrified of the water. And I'm thinking, I'm going to die. So I don't want to do this. But my parents are like, no, 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 go do it. We're going to catch you. We're going to catch you. So I stand up onto the edge of the diving board. And my feet can feel all of those little prickly things that they put on the board so that, you know, you don't slip. So I'm on there. My feet are hurting. And I'm thinking, there is no way I'm going to do this. So I step down. And my brother, who just drives me nuts, he steps up into the diving board, runs across, and jumps into the water. And he's done. And, out, and he swims. And my mom catches him. Oh, I'm so, so proud of you. Whatever. So now it's my turn, and I'm the oldest, so I'm thinking, okay, i got to go do this. Now, bear in mind, I'm like four years old, right? So I'm walking, and I walk up, and I walk to the edge of the diving board, and I can see the bottom, and it's like two, three hundred feet down. And I'm thinking, no, there is no way, so I walk back. I'm just like, no, I'm not going to do this. But my parents are like, come on, come on, do it. Now, now I feel like everybody's watching me. So I say, okay, I got to go do this. I walk up to the edge of the diving board and, and I'm like, no, no, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. And my mom's like, no, just do it, just do it. And I start to back away. I don't want to do it. So finally she says, just stand at the edge and let yourself fall in. So I go and I stand at the edge. And she says, just let yourself fall in. And I'm thinking to myself, I guess... There's no way I'm going to fall in. And all of a sudden, I feel this hand grab the back of my thigh and just throw me into the water. <clears throat> I love my dad. <laughs> and so there I am. I'm in the water. I'm about three inches under the water. So I'm flailing around, and I'm figuring I'm going to die. And I, I believe that that was actually true. But I eventually, I made it to the side of the pool. You see, they tricked me. They caught my brother, but they made me swim to the edge of the pool. So I finally got there. And listen, this, I, I did not even think about this until years later, but this traumatized me for water. I couldn't get into the water anymore. When all of, all of my friends and my cousins would go into the pool, they'd all dive in. I would slowly climb down the ladder and just kind of hang out, 
you know, on the, on the edge of the pool and, and, and try to look as cool as possible. I mastered the art of hanging underneath the diving board, but never letting go. I can't stand water. It's, it's why I've never been on a cruise before. And you can, uh, I, I'm sorry. I have to apologize to my wife because we're never getting on a boat. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Eventually, I got over it. Uh, I got over it. Um, I can swim now. Took, took lifeguard lessons. Um, I'm all right in the water now. But for years, water was a der- very terrifying thing for me because water so many times has symbolized, not just for me, but for many people. In fact, we see it in culture. We see it in TV. Water symbolizes death in so many places. When you go through scripture, water is very prominent in its depiction of death. In in the very beginning, in the the first few chapters of, of scripture, you read through it, And it tells us about this time where there was a guy named Noah. And some of you probably remember him about a boat and animals and stuff. But what happened in that time, it's pretty much what you have heard. Uh, There was a flood and, and everything was destroyed. But Noah and his family were in the boat. And the water was the destruction. It was the death of everything. And Noah was saved from it by he was taken out of the water. A few hundred years later... There would be this really, really uh, uh, popular event. Some of you have seen movies about it, cartoons about it. Um, it was uh, when the Israelites uh, escaped out of Egypt. And one of the things that happened was uh, they had to go and they were running away from the Egyptians and they were faced with the, with the Red Sea. And there was no way for them to get across. They had the sea in front of them. They had the Egyptians behind them. And so they prayed to God, and, and God, said, Char- God sent Charlton Heston to them. And he stood him right at the edge of the rock, and he went like this, and the waters parted. And once again, God's people went into the water, which was death for the Egyptians. But they went into the water, and they came out alive. Later on, there'd be another, another story about a guy named Jonah, who a lot of people believe that that, uh, that God was punishing him when uh, Jonah was swallowed up by what Scripture tells us is a big fish. But when you read the story, and some of you remember we talked about this last year, when you read the story, the water was the death that Jonah had said, okay, I accept, I, I disobeyed you, God, I'm going to die in the water. And it was God who sent the big fish to take him out of the death of the water and to bring him into new life. So all throughout Scripture, there's, there's this picture, there's this imagery of water being a place where you go into and there's death, and you come out of it into life. And so for the last four weeks, we've been talking here in our series, Raised to Life, and really what we've been focusing on throughout this entire series is this idea of baptism. And every week we've kind of been talking about it, about what baptism means and, and what baptism is. And, um, and so today what I want to do in the, in the time that we have, and we, we've got a full day here because it's the end of, the, of this series, and at every, every end of our series we, we share communion together, but also there's going to be a baptism today. And uh, you saw the hot tub out front. Out front is over there. Uh, well, it's a tub because that water is cold. Uh, but 
uh, we're going to be having a baptism today. But today I wanted to talk to you and share with you an event that happened. And it was actually the event where Jesus gave us an example by being baptized. So let me set the stage for you. Uh, Jesus, at at this particular time, had not yet started his public ministry. He he was still not really known all over the place. In fact, if you were living in that time and you wanted to find out who was the person that everybody was talking about, that God was doing something in them and through their lives and, and that God was really active in them, what they would have said to you was that there was this guy named John and he's baptizing people. In fact, he was baptizing so many people, they called him John the Baptizer. And over the years, it filtered down to us, and we, many people know him today as John the Baptist. But John was going around baptizing people. He was baptizing people, and he was baptizing them into what he called, or what Scripture tells us was, baptism of repentance. Now, that word repentance sometimes stirs a lot of people up because you hear it and, and it, it has over the years come to have a very negative connotation. But when you look at that word, all that word really means to repent. All it means is really to change the way that you're thinking. And for some people, that's all it really has to happen is that you've been thinking that the world is supposed to operate this way and repentance means I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to see what God says about how the world is supposed to operate. And so John the Baptist was baptizing people who were repenting. He was baptizing them. And one summer day, he's at the River Jordan. And you can barely call the River Jordan a river. It's about 120 miles as the crow flies. Its deepest part is only 10 feet. And so it's not, you know, it's barely a creek. uh, But they called it the Jordan River. And one summer day, probably around 26 AD, John the Baptizer was at the Jordan River And there was crowds and crowds of people around him. And he was baptizing them all. He was just baptizing people left and right. People who had grown up their entire lives being told that if they wanted to make it into the kingdom of God, that they had to be good enough, that they had to obey all of the rules, that they had to obey the laws. And when they made a mistake, they had to bring something to God that would die in their place. And here was John, and what John was telling them was that, listen, that's the old way. There is a new way now. That when you go down into the water, all of that stuff that you had with you, all that stuff that's supposed to be, someone's going to die. It's going to symbolically die when you go into the water. And when you come up, it's new life. And that was an amazing thing to those people at that time. So crowds were around him. And as these crowds were around, he's down in the river and he's baptizing people. And Jesus starts walking towards him. And that's where we're at. We're going to listen to it from this account uh, from uh, Matthew. And Matthew says this. He says, then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Now that phrase, Jesus went from Galilee... There's a a Greek word in the original Greek that it was written in, and that word is paranginomai. It's very complicated. It took me a while to to get all the Greek out. Paranginomai. And that word means to make a public appearance. You see, up until this time, Jesus was in his home region of Galilee. And Galilee was a place where nothing happened. Galilee was a place where no people who were of any importance came from. Galilee was the place where people just left it alone. Uh, It was not in any way important to 
the Jewish people at the time. And so there was a time where Jesus was, was, was talking to some of the religious people and they were saying, hey, nothing ever good ever comes out of Galilee. Well, this is Jesus' first time to leave Galilee. He's coming down and, and he says he's making a public appearance. And then he says he went from Galilee to the Jordan River. So he was going from his home directly to the Jordan River. And it says to be baptized by John. And that word to is a, it's a, it's a, uh, the, the, the word in the Greek is purpose. His purpose was to be baptized by John, right? And we, we do the same thing today, right? We say, I'm going to Pete's to buy coffee. So why are you going? I'm going to buy coffee, right? I'm going to Toto's to eat a pizza. Are you following me? I am going to the restroom. Now, we're not going to go there, but you understand what I'm saying, The word to means I'm telling you what is the purpose of my going. And the purpose of my going, the purpose of Jesus' going is to be baptized. He specifically is going there to be baptized by John. So here's John. He's in the river. Jesus is up on the side. He's walking towards him. John sees him. There are other accounts by some, in some of the other Gospels where it talks about that, G, that John actually points to Jesus and makes an announcement to everybody of who is coming. But here it says that he went from Galilee, he's going to the, to, to the river to be baptized by John. And then it says this, when John heard him, heard him say, hey, I'm coming here to be baptized by you. It says John tried to talk him out of it. And that, that word tried, there's an inference there that it's repeatedly tried. It wasn't just, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. It was like, Jesus kept saying, hey, you're going to baptize me. And, G- and John would say, no, no, I can't do that. And Jesus would say, come on, baptize me. And John's like, no, 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 I can't do that. Over and over again, he kept trying to talk Jesus out of it. He didn't want to baptize Jesus. In fact, it tells us why. This is John speaking, and he says this. He says, I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. See, John the Baptist, he knew who Jesus was. And he was thinking, if anybody, if there's one of us that's going to be baptizing the other, it should be you, Jesus, baptizing me. He says, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. So why are you coming to me? And so basically John's saying, you baptize me. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 you baptize me. And so here's John. No, no, no. And he's trying to put Jesus's hand on his head and trying to get him to dunk him in the water. And, John, and, and, and Jesus is saying, no, 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 you have to baptize me. And so they're arguing right there in front of the crowds. See, we don't get that in this, in this simple English translation that we get to look at. But when you look at it in the Greek, they're arguing down there in front of everybody about who is going to baptize who. You know, it's like they're arguing over the last piece of pizza. No, you eat it. No, no, you have it. Right? This is what they're doing. They're going back and forth on it. And then Jesus says this. He says, but Jesus said, it should be done. What is it? John, you baptizing me. That should be done. Should be done. For we must carry out all that God requires. And in that phrase, it should be done. It actually should be like, Listen, 
John, I know this doesn't make sense to you. Because in the system that they lived in, the person who was higher in religious authority is the one who does the baptizing. And yet here was John who was being asked to baptize Jesus. And Jesus says in that phrase, it should be done. He's saying, listen, John, I know this doesn't make sense to you, but trust me. I know it seems backwards, but just do what I'm saying. And he says, the reason I want you to do it is because we must carry out all that God requires. See, he's saying in all of that, in, in you, John, baptizing me, there is something in there that is going to fulfill God's plan. God has a plan. And part of that plan is for you to baptize me. And so John agreed to baptize him. That's the next, that's the end of that verse. It says, so John agreed to baptize him. And I always wonder, how did that go? So did he say, okay, I baptize you in the name of the Father and you? um, Just seems interesting how he would have done that. But he agreed to baptize him, and so he baptized him. And then it says, after his baptism, as Jesus came up, out of the water, came up out of the water. The heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. Now, this is a significant part because this is something that John was told years ago was going to happen. John was told years ago that he was going to see the Messiah, the one that, that all of the prophets foretold was going to be coming to save God's people, to save all of the people. He he was told that, John, you are going to see him and you are going to see the Holy Spirit descending on him. You're going to get to see that. And in this moment that he didn't understand why he's the one who's baptizing Jesus, he baptizes Jesus and exactly what he was told would happen, happened. The heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, It doesn't say that there was an actual dove, even though a lot of the pictures that we see shows a little dove. But it doesn't say that. It says descending like a dove and settling on him. And I wish I could have been there. Because if John saw this, then imagine the whole crowd of people that were around also saw this. That they were also there. They also witnessed this. They saw that when Jesus came up out of the water, The Spirit of God descended on him. And then in the next verse, it says this. It says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. And the people who saw the Spirit descend on God, they must have also heard that voice and say, Hey, This is my dearly beloved son who brings me great joy. Other translations say, in whom I am well pleased. And so Jesus, who lived a perfect life, who didn't have to be baptized, got baptized as an example to us. But also it signified the old part of his life going away and his new life, his start of his public ministry 
was starting on that day at the moment that he was baptized, when the spirit descended on him. Now, this is a a great um, little account of, of what happened to Jesus and how he was baptized. But in all of that, for me, the most important thing that the one, the part that really, really touches me is this verse is where Jesus is baptized. And when he comes up, God, the father looks down on him and says, this guy is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Now, let me tell you why I read this and and my heart just soars. Up until this time, Jesus hasn't done anything. Up until this time, there has been no public ministry of Jesus. He hasn't made any big public sermons. He hasn't drawn crowds of thousands of people. He hasn't done any significant miracles that the people have just been talking about. He was still in obscurity in that region of the world. Before he had done anything, God looked down on him. And when Jesus made that decision to go down into the water and to come back up, God said, I am pleased with you. You bring me joy. He didn't do anything yet. And this is what is so great for me when I think about what a privilege it is for us to share and celebrate with people as they become baptized. Because see, baptism doesn't mean, you know what, I finally got my life together. I finally kicked that habit. I finally put things into place. My life is good. I'm good with God. I'm ready to be baptized. It does not mean that. Not at all. Baptism says, God, I am here. And I've got all this crap that's coming along with me. And it, it's an acknowledgement that I don't want to deal with it on my own anymore. That instead of putting my faith and my trust in my job, in my bank account, in my career, in my education, in my money, in my good looks, I'm not putting my faith and trust in any of that anymore. I'm putting my faith and my trust in you. And that's what baptism is. It celebrates that decision. It doesn't mean that we've got it all together. It means I am ready to follow you, Jesus. I want to hear how you want me to live. I don't want to do it alone anymore. I want to have you alongside with me. And so today we get to celebrate that baptism. We get to celebrate it with with a few people who are going to be baptized today. We get to celebrate for those of you who have been baptized a long time ago. It's an opportunity for us to renew inside us that moment when we made that decision and said, Jesus, yes, I want to follow you. And that we can make the decision that we can make the acknowledgement And we can have the peace of knowing that there is no area of our lives that is so dead that it can't be raised to life. And that's Jesus' promise to us, that he can raise us to life. In fact, his word says that the reason he came was so that we would have an abundant life. And when he says abundant, he doesn't mean abundant as in you're going to have loads and loads of money. 
he says that you are going to have a full and rich life experience with him. A shalom life. A life where you can say, there's nothing missing, there's nothing broken, everything is together as Jesus intended. And you too can be raised to life. So whether you're here with us today, uh, here at our worship center in South San Francisco, California, or if you're watching us online, you too can make that decision. To take your faith and trust, to stop leaning on yourself, and to just put all of your weight in Jesus. He's waiting for you. He's ready. He's willing and has accepted throughout history people exactly as they are, exactly where they are. And the beautiful thing about Jesus is he never leaves us where we are. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Grace Point Church is located in South San Francisco, California. For more information, look us up online at www.wearegracepoint.com.